0: because it's time to bring the heat with christian Rau. and welcome to another episode of bringing the heat i'm your host christian Rao, and i'm here with a very special guest rip griffin rip is here and we're going to talk some houston astros houston we have a problem and i don't know you know i'm going to say it once we won't say it anymore did you hide your trash cans we couldn't go or what <laughs>
1: Yeah, man, uh, the the trash cans are are tucked away for for the evening, so uh, unfortunately, there will be no trash can banging in this episode.
0: And Rip, you're the host of your own show, The Rip Griffin Show. You can find that on Twitter, at Rip Griffin Show. Uh, Pretty fun podcast. I listened to yours last week. Really enjoyed that one. You guys are rolling around, man. You're rolling through it. You guys just talked about on episode 69 the other day. Nice. That's uh, right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So tell me about your show.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I started the show back in, uh, February of two of 2020, you know, right before COVID-19 happened, kind of getting into the podcasting world. And, uh, you know, when baseball kind of shut down, it kind of came up, you know, difficult to come up with content. And it was kind of one of those things I just kind of came up with, uh, you know, things that have happened over the past, you know, on this date in baseball, kind of, um, you know, just trying to make, you know, content for the listeners. And, uh, so, kind of going through kind of did some, some baseball talk with some other uh, guests and whatnot. And then uh, kind of right before the October uh, postseason started, I uh, were we're actually uh, both members of the IBWAA and that's where I met my co-host Brad and he came on the show kind of talked about his, his blogging and whatnot. And, and finally we kind of just said, you know, Hey, uh, I need somebody for the postseason. You want to come on? And so Brad came on, we kind of did a postseason, uh, series throughout October and then once the postseason was over it was kind of one of those things that hey man you want to just, just stick around you know and uh, we'll continue to, to build this show up and uh, so yeah that's what we've been doing ever since uh, just finished episode 69 so episode 70 is going to be this week uh, so yeah we're we're excited we're rocking and rolling getting ready for uh, opening day on April 1st so we're excited for baseball to finally be back
0: yeah not only is this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts they also go live on Twitter so if you're on the social platforms check these guys out on Twitter at Rip Griffin show Uh, Brad Chandler is also his host he said hope to have him on as well as a member as well the IBWA IBWAA. I love having you guys on always loving when one of these guys one of these members just like me are on this hey without further ado let's talk about these Houston Astros all right Um, what a season for these guys to be completely honest after 2020 they didn't make it to the fall classic but a team that was not really destined to make the playoffs made the playoffs, and not only did they make the playoffs, they made it all the way to the ALCS. I mean, that's quite surprising, if you ask me. Not a lot of people expected that, especially after the sixty-game spread that they had. I'd love to hear your thoughts about twenty twenty and where they wound up.
1: You know, twenty twenty kind of uh, kind of set itself up after the end of the twenty nineteen World Series, uh, as everybody knows the whole science stealing scandal uh, that came out, uh, you know, Mike Fryers come out and, and uh, you know, laying it all out there for the baseball world and uh, the media picked up on it. And, you know, Major League Baseball went through their investigation, you know, handing down their uh, the suspensions with uh, AJ Hinch and Jeff Loonhow. Um, you know, took away the first and second picks of the 2021, 2020 and 2021 draft. So, um, and then owner Jim Crane went a step further and fired uh, AJ Hinch and Jeff Loon So right off the bat, starting off 2020, you know, you've got uh, something that's never been seen before in baseball where your manager and general manager have been fired weeks before spring training. So then in comes uh, Dusty Baker and James Click. And I have to say, I'm super happy Dusty Baker got the job. I was hoping for him. He's such an iconic figure throughout the game of baseball, and I think that he has done such a wonderful job with this Astros lineup, especially you know, taking a team that has got a dark cloud of, of a scandal that's still kind of hanging over them, maybe not as much. We'll kind of see what happens when the season starts with fans back in the stands. But uh, he kind of took control of this team, and he made sure that these guys were on the straight and narrow. And then you've got general manager, James Click coming in and, uh, you know, going into his first off season was kind of wondering what was going to happen. And he did a phenomenal job uh, kind of guiding this team, especially through this whole pre, you know, the COVID area, you know, it was right around a year ago when baseball completely stopped and the world stopped. And he kind of has been the guiding light of the Astros as well. And then, you know, baseball kind of ramped back up and, you know, opening days finally gets here in July and, you know, Justin Brantlander is on the mound. So one guy that, you know, we were kind of talking before we got on air, you know, uh, he's, he's been such an instrumental figure to this Houston Astros lineup or rotation, excuse me. And he goes seven strong innings in an in opening day. Then we come come to find out mere days later that he's got elbow issues. And so he kind of has to go on the, on the IL for a few weeks. Then you kind of find out that he's going to be done for the season because he's going to have Tommy John. So that's, you know, the first blow to the rotation. And then you've got uh, Roberto Ozuna, the closer at the time. He kind of has el- arm issues as well, elbow issues. So he's going to, he's pretty much done for the season. So your your starting pitcher, your, 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 your number one and your closer are both out. So, you know, that kind of puts the bullpen on, on a strain now. And then you've got guys that have opted out because of COVID, which is, you know, understandable. So a lot of things just did not go right from the get-go for the Astros. Um, They kind of, it it seemed like throughout the season, either the pitching was on and the offense was not, or the offense was on and the pitching was not. It was a back and forth pretty much the whole season. And so you can sense the struggles um, throughout the, the entire lineup. Uh, Guys were trying to push through. They were kind of – some guys were injured, and it just didn't seem right. And I think a lot of it was due to this scandal that the Astros were a part of. And, you know, lo and behold, they kind of limp into the postseason, take the first two games in Minnesota against the Twins, uh, take, you know, three out of four – or yeah, they won four games to – to one I think yeah four games to one and against Oakland and then getting in getting to the ALCS as a sub 500 team was a phenomenal feat within itself go down three games to nothing against Tampa Bay and next thing you know it's the series is tied 3-3 going into game seven and I really thought they were going to pull that out especially with you know guys like Framer Valdez that that have been so lights out this season or last season excuse me and I thought they were going to pull it out. I thought I'm going to get back to the world series and it just didn't have enough. I think fatigue kind of kicked in and these guys were tired mentally and physically tired. And um, unfortunately they didn't make it, but you know, going to the championship series for the fourth time in a row, that's pretty, that's a pretty well accomplishment for a team that really wasn't expected to get that far. And so uh, 2020 What was, you know, not making excuses for the Astros or anything like that, but it was a rough, rough season for them.
0: I agree. Yeah, I agree. It was a rough season. Obviously, them skinning to the AOCs was surprising. It makes you almost wonder if it's kind of having a 16 season is a blessing in disguise, kind of getting some of the hatred without fans in the stands kind of out of the way. Like the initial who knows if it's going to be as bad as it could have been at the beginning of last season when we see opening day this year with fans in the stands. i gonna right. lo- love to hear your expectations at the end of the show if you think that the Astros can make it to their fifth ALCS and maybe another World Series. We'll talk about just at the end. I want to take one more look back at 2020. I know we don't want to do that too much with everything. 2020, let's forget about that decade of the year. <laughs> but what was your biggest disappointment for the Astros in 2020? And then what was your biggest surprise?
1: You know, the biggest disappointment is I, I think that – the team just put too much on themselves. I know these guys are professionals and these guys want to be able to compete. Um, You know, guys like Yuli Gurriel uh, just didn't look like himself. Um, You know, obviously, you know, Jose uh, Altuve had the yips in the postseason. Uh, You know, the, the entire team, like I mentioned, was, was completely off. And like, like I mentioned, either the, the pitching was on one day Uh, the offense was not, it it was like, nothing seemed to kind of gel together. Uh, It it seemed like, you know, the guys were, um, I mean, maybe it was because, I mean, yeah, some players are in the stands because of the dugout issue. You can't, you can't be close together, but it seemed like there was no cohesiveness. Um, The guys at times looked like they were having fun and playing baseball, but they just didn't, you know, merge together. You know, They, they, they just, didn't play together as a team. And that was disappointing, especially coming off of a, a, world series appearance, coming in with seven, eight outs remaining of winning your second world series title. And, you know, maybe this whole scandal thing is something that, uh, you know, played it obviously played a, a big factor in it, but I, I think that, um, going into this off season, I think these guys came together and, you know, figured out what it was that they needed to do better uh, for the team.
0: Moving on in 2021, we talked about Justin Verlander, how we had to get Tommy John surgery this last past season. Talking about this bolt, this rotation. Obviously they go away from guys. Obviously Garrett Cole's not there anymore. We don't have Zach Greinke anymore. I'm sorry, Zach Greinke's still there. You guys did pick up Jake Odorizzi just uh, a few weeks ago. Not even, I think just lately, but, the anchor of that rotation still has to be Verlander if he's healthy. That's the key, though. Is he going to be healthy at any point this season?
1: You know, uh, kind of going back, I, one of the one of the things that uh, that really impressed me last season was the bullpen and these young arms. And you know, given that Verlander is going to be out for the foreseeable future, it's a definite possibility for him to return. You know, Tommy John usually takes 12 to 18 months to recover from. Justin Verlander says he might be able to do it in 12. Now, that's to be determined because you know only he knows his body and how well he can you know recover and get into uh, get his arm back in shape. So, if we say hypothetically that he does come back, it'll probably be around late August to early September. And if that does, uh, if that is the case then we can see Verlander probably go into a more of a bullpen type role because you don't want to throw somebody who just recovered from Tommy John out there and try to throw six or seven innings. It's just feasibly not possible. It's taxing on the arm. So I think the bullpen will kind of come into play for him just to give him and the team and the bullpen, the rotation kind of more of like a pick me up. No, you got your your ace and Verlander back. And so some of the guys can go and lean on him, ask him questions or whatnot. And he can kind of be a, uh, a mentor to some of these young pitchers that are in the, the rotation and in the, in the bullpen. So that's kind of maybe the possibility of what can happen to Verlander.
0: I tried to kick Zach Greinke off your team, but obviously he's still there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a character. He's fun to watch. You watch him in spring training doing his little crazy stretches. He's kind of his own little guy. I know people like to pick on him because of some of his post-game things, but let him be him, man. But he obviously is going to have to fill the shoes of being that top guy in the rotation while Verlander's out. He did pick up Jake Odorizzi, as I just mentioned before. Those are still a great one-two punch to start the season. Your thoughts about Granky and your new guy, Odorizzi?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, Granky just actually uh, was given the opening day nod just a couple of days ago. So we'll see him come out on opening day. You know, and Grinky, Grinky is Grinky. You know, he's one of those that uh, he would do things on his own time. Uh, just like coming to spring training, he usually shows up about a week and a half after everybody else has shown up, both pitchers and catchers, and even the positional players as well. So Grinky's is kind of on his own schedule, and the Astros have been one of the only teams that have given Grinky that that flexibility and that you know, hey, be here at this time, but you know, everything else you do is fine. If you want to train on your own, we let you let you be you. And one of the things I think that going into 2021, that's going to be more of a confidence booster for Grinky is we go back to that ALCS in game, I think it was game five, where Grinky was kind of starting to struggle. He had kind of gone through, I think, the second part of the lineup already. So he was making his second, his second trip around coming up on his third. And that's usually when the analytics kicks in and managers go out and and pull their pitchers because they don't want them to go through the third time through the lineup. And that's kind of where Grinke was at. And, you know, Dusty Baker walked out and from what I've, from what I've heard is he turned to Martin Maldonado, which is the Astros catcher and said, Hey, can he do it? And Maldonado said, yeah, he can do it. I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but he kind of, you know, Dusty said, okay, you know, let grinky finish and grinky finished the inning got the guy out so i think that's going to be a confidence booster going into 2021 for grinky uh for him and for for dusty baker as well because dusty can know that he can turn to grinky and know he's going to get six maybe seven innings out of grinky which is good and then you've got jaco to who the astros just signed just a couple of days ago you know Going into this offseason, this past offseason, a lot of the talk was the rotation and how young it is, especially with guys like Framro Valdez and Christian Javier, Jose Uchidi. And then you've got, you know, Lance McCullers Jr., who essentially has not played a full 162 games after, or 162 game season, excuse me, since he got Tommy John back in 2018. So with the addition of Odorizzi now, you kind of have a little bit more depth in that rotation. Basically, we might see the Astros go with a six man rotation to start the season. Um, Odorizzi is, is a, a guy that is going to not necessarily eat up innings, but he's going to keep the team in the game. Uh, his best, he didn't have his best season in 2020. I think he had a 6.59 ERA and he only pitched four games. I think he had a lot of injuries during that, that time as well. So, hopefully, Rizzi will kind of uh, start to be healthy and he we'll kind of see him kind of slide into that number three spot because we still have uh, Lance McCullers Jr., like I just mentioned. He's looking phenomenal this, this spring. He's already won two games, but uh, his pitches seem to be on, his breaking pitches, slider, curve, cutter, all that stuff that he throws, it seems to be on point. So, uh, I look for the, the rotation, you know, especially with Grinky McCullers, and Rizzi the, the, the one, two, three. I expect this top of the rotation to definitely keep the Astros in ballgames in 2021.
0: Going from the top of the rotation all the way down to the anchor point of the bullpen, it looks like the leading candidate to be the Astros' closer is Presley. And Ryan Presley um, being that new closer there for the Astros. This bullpen you mentioned before was an an exciting spot of last year's team. Is that still going to be the same thing this coming season?
1: I have a feeling it will be. Uh, I think Presley is going to be the closer, but you can't rule out the opportunity or the chance that there will be a closer by committee. Um, You know, Presley is more of a setup man. He was kind of thrusted into that closer role, especially with Roberto Ozuna being injured and being out for the season. So he was the only other viable option for the Astros. Uh, They did have Joe Smith, but Joe Smith opted out last season. And then they had a bunch of young guys, uh, you know, Blake Taylor, uh, Nellie Paredes, you know, Brian Abreu. uh, Josh James was out last season with injuries. So the bullpen kind of took a really big hit and had to get young really quick. So guys that you probably wouldn't expect to see maybe for another year or two are on the big league club now. So, but uh, Preston's going to come in. He'll be the closer. Uh, if he starts to struggle, we're gonna maybe see some other guys. I'm really, really hoping it's uh, Anily Paredes. I think the guy, he's a young kid, but boy, he's got some, some life and some, you know, speed on his pitches, and he's got just enough swagger that can definitely, you know, fit that closer role pretty well.
0: Looking at that catching position, Martín Melanado obviously um, has a very good relationship with the majority of your rotation, if not the entire. He'll look like the, you know, the center point of your catching. You got guys like Jason Castro to back him up. Your thoughts on this catching position. Is it missing something or is it not what it takes?
1: No, I think it has what it takes. Uh, we saw Maldonado kind of come out of his shell last season and he kind of anchored kind of the bottom portion of that rotate or that, uh, that lineup very well. He was, not no, not much known for power, but he was able to get on base and drive in runs, which is something that you kind of want at the bottom of that lineup. And then you've got Jason Castro, who was actually drafted by the Astros uh, back in two thousand nine. No, yeah, two thousand nine. I I just did an article on that, so I I should know that. Um, but uh, two thousand nine, uh, Castro was drafted, and he was called up in two thousand eleven. So he's an he's, he was an All Star with the Astros in two thousand thirteen. So we get him back. So we have two veteran catchers that can help with this young rotation, this young bullpen. You know, uh, Jake Odorizzi is familiar with Castro during their time in Minnesota. Um, Odorizzi is familiar with Maldonado in the time in Kansas City. So, you know, there's a lot of familiarity between the pitchers and the catchers, which is going to be great, especially uh, as the season kind of you know, carries on and we get closer to, to September and October. We're going to need these these guys. These catchers are going to be uh, game changers, uh, as, as what I, I look at it. So I think this catching uh, staff has the uh, the potential to help guide this rotation and this bullpen.
0: Let's continue around the bags, and let's go to first and second. Yuli Guerrell, and you said Jose Altuve. Obviously, Altuve has been a veteran on your squad. We know all the things that happened with the – is it a tattoo, whatever. Move that back behind us or whatever <laughs> – Let's not talk about that no more. Let's just talk about how short he is. And I keep every time I picture Jose Altuve, I think about this picture, on Players Weekend, with him standing next to Aaron Judge, and I just, oh, I, it's hilarious. I've, I've seen that picture a million times, and every time I see it, it is super entertaining. The guy's five six. It's just, but he hits he hits it out of the ballpark. The guy's the guy's a stud. You can't take anything away from him. You really can't. But Yuli Gurriel, Jose Altuve, at your one two spot. Nothing has really changed in this infield coming up. Obviously, you know, third base, you still got Alex Bregman and you got Carlos Correa. Bregman had some injuries last year, correct? If I'm I'm not mistaken.
1: He did. He spent the latter part of 2020 uh, dealing with a hamstring injury that kind of kept him out for a few weeks. Uh, He's still dealing actually with that. Now I think it's the opposite leg of, I would see that the right or left leg now. So he's been out of spring training, you know, uh, trying to get back on the mend and heal from the hamstring injuries. So he just got into some spring action today. I haven't had a chance to see how he did, but injury, uh, hamstring injuries kind of, you know, limited his, his productivity in 2020, which we kind of saw a decline in his numbers, uh, which showed. So the injury definitely played a significant part.
0: That side of the infield with Bregman and Correa are still young, but they already have a few years on their belts they're veterans, but they're young veterans, and they're stars in this league. That core needs to stay together. What makes what what does it have to take to keep this core together, especially guys like Bregman and Correa?
1: Well, the Astros have Bregman locked up for the next couple of seasons. I think his contract is up in twenty twenty four. So they kind of went back a few uh, spring trainings ago, and they kind of restructured his contract, gave him an, an extension, kind of took some of those arbitration years, and you know gave him. I think it was a hundred million dollar contract. So he he'll be up at the end of 2024. The big question right now is Carlos Correa. He's coming up on a, a free agent year at the end of 2021. So right now there's a lot of talk of what's going to happen. Is he going are the Astros actually going to offer him a contract and extend him? Because it's either they extend him in in spring training or they wait to the offseason. And the offseason, waiting to the offseason scares me because if you look back at the last few offseasons with big time free agents, uh, Garrett Cole, George Springer, you know, the Astros had the opportunity to lock those guys up and they didn't do it. So it, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I would like to see Correa stay an Astro for the, the remainder of his career. It's just a matter of, years and numbers really um it could vary anywhere from 27 to 30 million a year uh 10 12 years i was on the length of the contract so if i had to play armchair general manager right now i would offer correa 10 years at 27 million a year so that's a 270 million dollar contract but you've also got guys who are other free agents, you know, uh, Javi Baez, Trevor Story, uh, those other shortstops that are are the free agent shortstop shortstop market is going to be very interesting. And if the Astros can strike first and set the the market, then we can see Correa stay for a long term.
0: That's going to be a very interesting story to continue to talk about all season, especially if he doesn't sign here in spring training. Obviously, if he signs in spring training, we know what's going to happen. But just like you said, if he goes all the way to the offseason, you know, some of these big time players did not choose to stay in Houston. One of those guys is what who you mentioned, a now Toronto Blue Jay, going from orange to blue. <laughs> he goes from literally the most south of the United States for the most part, all the way to literally Canada. Uh, and that's George Springer. He's no longer gonna be not only, you know, your center fielder, he's gonna be, you're missing out on probably arguably I don't even know if that's an argument the best leadoff hitter in baseball
1: right absolutely you're missing
0: out on that too so you got Michael Brantley back that's good you got Brantley back that's uh I don't want to call it consolation but it's good that you got at least one of the two that were free agents Kyle Tucker had a very nice season he's really turning into a decent player but who fills the role of George Springer and what do you think about this outfield for the rest of the year
1: well the outfield I think is going to be It'll be it'll be fine for right now. Uh, Having Brantley come back was huge. Uh, I'll be honest. I was scared when I heard that he had taken, you know, the the trip of Springer to Toronto. And then hours later, he's back and the Astros have a deal. So I'm glad to have him back. I think having him kind of in the top part of the of the the lineup, he's a professional at bat. He'll give you a 300 season. Uh, so having him in there is going to be great. Uh, like you mentioned, Kyle Tucker is kind of one of those guys to kind of keep an eye on, uh, you know, he's a former first round pick back in 2015. So he's one of those that the Astros have, have raved about, and I I can, cannot wait to see what he can do. I think he's going to be just fine sitting out there in right field. The center field is kind of be one of those things that's going to be the big question mark of the. The the season when uh, Springer left, it kind of everything kind of fell on Miles Straw. Miles Straw is more than likely going to be your opening day center fielder. You know, not the best well known in the way of uh, productivity. This spring he's been doing he's been doing lights out. He's been getting on base. Uh, you know, getting doubles and triples, driving in runs. So he's one of those the that will more than likely be your opening day center fielder. The Astros have another couple of guys down in uh, the farm system right now that you might want to keep an eye on is Pedro Leon. Uh, He's a a, a um, Cuban-born player. And so the Astros picked him up just past uh, offseason in the international draft. So he's uh, probably one of the, the number seven international prospects. So the Astros picked him up. He's looked pretty good this spring. He's one guy that could possibly come in. I wouldn't say right away. I would think the Astros need to kind of develop him some more through uh, through the minor leagues. But um, it looks like Miles Straw is going to be your opening day. Now, unless something happens kind of towards the trade deadline, maybe we might see an an acquisition of a center filter uh, since Jackie Bradley Jr. has gone to the Brewers. So uh, it kind of remains to be open. Uh, But uh, for right now, I believe it's going to be a straw for uh, it's going to be his job to lose, honestly.
0: Well, we filled his position defensively. Who becomes the new leadoff hitter for the Houston National?
1: That's tough. That's really tough. That's uh, one of the things that's been uh, the uh, the talk of the spring training so far is who's going who is Dusty Baker going to put at the top of that lineup. Like I mentioned, Miles straw has kind of been a lot of games he's been at that top uh position uh Carlos Correa is another name that could that has done it that could lead off Jose Altuve and then Kyle Tucker uh he did a little bit last season leading off so Dusty Baker has some choices it's a matter of the analytics you know who who's who's pitching who's you know uh what's what's the opposition lineup you know what uh but um I think right now we will po- probably see Miles Straw. I think he's probably the best bet because he you don't need your leadoff hitter to hit home runs. It would be nice, obviously, to get that quick run on the board. But he's got the speed and he's got the the ability to use the entire field when he's batting. And especially it's kind of nice when you've got you know guys like Michael Brantley, Alex Bregman. You know coming up right behind you so if you get on base you have the opportunity to score runs so um and then of course i mean you know carlos correa you know he could he could definitely fit the kind of george springer-esque type leadoff guy and you know uh break the game open with the home run but we'll see what happens we'll see how dusty baker plays uh the cards at the top of the lineup
0: we end off the rest of this lineup with jordan alvarez 2019 AL Rookie of the Year. What an outstanding year he had. And it really was only the second half that was really super impressive. 2020 was plagued with injuries. A full 162 a full 162 game slate for Jordan Alvarez for 2021. Can he get back to that Rookie of the Year material?
1: I think he can. It's going to take some time. He just had double knee surgery uh, this past offseason. So he's kind of been sitting out just kind of getting some reps in and whatnot, just to kind of get back into shape. But uh, he was cleared to play. He was in a spring training game on uh, this past Sunday. So um, I think he got into the game today as well. But we should see Jordan kind of get back into his 2019 uh, rookie of the year season. I think it's going to take a little bit of time um he's also one of those that could possibly play the outfield as well i don't highly i don't see it honestly i think he's more fitted for that dh role so um but uh, jordan's healthy we're excited to have him back in the lineup it'll be good to see him in the middle of uh you know of that of that lineup to kind of give it some extra pop
0: 2019 was an amazing season for him it, it deserves to be noticed in 2019 he had 27 homers 78 rbis as a rookie and he only had 98 hits but out of those 98 hits as i mentioned before 27 were homers 26 were doubles over half of his hits were you know multi base hits they were beautiful he had a great 2019 well-deserved of the rookie of the year it was unfortunate to see that happen to him in 2020 so i'm looking forward to seeing him definitely uh, bring back what he had in 2019 here in 2021 so let's round it up, Rip, because I got to know, we just talked about this entire lineup. 2021 is here around the corner. April 1st cannot come soon enough. I've already asked off from work, man. I am sitting on the couch <laughs> and watching baseball. I am excited. I'm going to be on the tweets, on everything, you name it. It's going to be baseball all day. But let's talk about 2021 with these Houston Astros. They, uh, they're in a tough AL West. They're in a tough division um, for the most part. So, let's hear your predictions for 2021's Houston Astros.
1: I think we're going to see the Astros take back the division. You know, the Angels, the Athletics. And, of course, then you got the Mariners and the Rangers, too. Really didn't the, – the Rangers and, and, and the Mariners really didn't do a whole lot this offseason. They're kind of still in their rebuilding modes. The Athletics – yeah, the Athletics – they lost some players. Obviously, Liam Hendricks going to the White Sox is a huge blow to the bullpen. But uh, the Angels, I mean, really didn't uh, need. They need started pitching, and they really didn't go for that this offseason. They did add a reliever. They did add some other pieces, but not one that could actually be a a number one. I think they added uh, Alex Cobb. I don't. Uh, I might be mistaken, but no, you're right. Okay, good. Uh, Sometimes I get a little bit of you know uh, rusty there. Sometimes, but hey, there's uh,
0: 30 MLB teams. I don't, don't blame <laughs> yourself, man.
1: <laughs> but uh, but you know uh, the Astros were they made a couple of moves, but a lot of the cohesiveness of the 2020 and even the 2019 seasons, uh, the lineups are still there. Um, obviously, with the exception of George Springer leaving, but the re- re- the remaining of the team is still there. And so I think this team is going to go back on top. They're going to um, win the West. Now, wins-wise is something that's kind of iffy because uh they're kind of projected between 93 and 97 wins. I'm gonna say around 94. Uh, it just all depends on it if the team can remain healthy and if uh you know you know Verlander comes back and, and a lot of other things that need to happen for the Astros to to stay on top. And I think they will. I think 94 wins is is feasible. I I think they'll take the West uh, with really no problems. I think the only issue might be the athletics that might give them a run for their money. But uh, we should see the Astros back on top.
0: Well, Rip, you might want to gamble because according to the DraftKings Nation Sportsbook, they have the Houston Astros at 86 and a half games for win-loss totals. So that's a pretty big over for you taking there. You might want to pick up those odds. But draft I might have Kings, to. Yeah, so DraftKings has an 86 and a half. They have them one game behind the Oakland A's. Um, so they have them placing second in the division. That is good enough, though, to uh, be a wild card team, 86 and a half, if, according to the win-loss totals. But I can totally see that happening. I can see – uh, this AL West being a two-team fight, I can really see it be a three-team fight too. Who knows what you know happens with the Angels? But I would not be surprised to see Houston come back and win this West. I mean, come on, look what happened to them last year. We didn't. There's no way you couldn't tell me at the at the playoff spot when they went in. You know, did they even make 500? No, they were just below. Correct.
1: They were 29 and 31.
0: Right, and then they make the playoffs, and they make it all the way to the ALCS game seven the one, one win away from the World Series. Uh, it's it's hard to say, hey, uh, when you went into the playoffs, that was going to happen. But right. we've been surprised before.
1: But, uh, you know, the West is always one of the, is, is a crapshoot because you never know what you're exactly going to get. Uh, you can always – on paper, yeah, the Astros and, and athletics. But sometimes – hey, I mean, the Mariners, just a couple seasons ago, they went on that uh, – uh, what was it, a 31-19? Yep. They, I mean, they just took off and got hot, and the next thing they fi- they fizzled out. But you just never know what you're going to get out of the West, which makes it fun.
0: Yeah, those Mariners were a fun team. That was in 2019. They were 31, and I think 19, like you said, they were leading the league and still in bases. They were tearing it up, and they just fell off real hard. Uh, but, yeah, I agree. I think the Houston Astros are going to be battling for the West. So you just said this division is fun to watch. These Astros are fun to watch give the listeners something else fun to pay attention to for this season. Give me a bold take on a player or something. I want your bold prediction. Maybe something people aren't paying attention to that we can start looking at. Maybe I can have you on later on in the season. You can laugh at me and say, I told you so, or maybe I can laugh at you and say, what were you thinking, man? But let's see your bold take on the Houston Astros.
1: You know, one of the guys I kind of want to keep an eye on, and I talked about in this little while ago is Kyle Tucker. Um, uh, he's starting to come into his own element. And I think he's one of these guys that can possibly hit 30 home runs. Um, Maybe not much in the stolen base department, but I think he's going to have almost, um, I don't want to say he's going to win the home run record or anything like that, but uh, I think he's one that we will see kind of a different aspect of him in the way is when he's at the plate. So I look for him to kind of kind of jump off the page and you hit 30 home runs. Uh, I think he's capable of doing that. He doesn't look like he can. He has a whole lot of power, but he does. He really does. Uh, he kind of showed that in different times last season. Oh, there's one game. He hit a walk off home run and, and it looked like it was going to fall right on the warning track and it actually got right over the wall. So he's a guy to watch. Uh, I'm looking forward to see what Kyle Tucker can do. Um, You know, I want to see what this bullpen can do. I think this bullpen is going to be phenomenal. Uh, I I think they're going to, uh, you know, Presley is probably going to be at the top of the saves leaderboard. I'm going to give him uh, a a lot of credit uh, right now. So Presley, Kyle Tucker, those are kind of two guys I would kind of keep an eye on this season a
0: bit outside, he tried the right, well, one more curveball for you before I let you go, Rip. And I gotta know that's a little fun question, or is it fun? I don't know, but is it just gonna be fans booing you this year? Is that really what's gonna be, or will a Houston Astro player lead the league in most hit by pitch?
1: Ooh. um, definitely gonna be a lot of booing. Uh, I think the fans are, have waited a whole season to to do that so that's going to be to to be anticipated there are some guys some other some some teams that are pretty not not happy that uh what what the Astros did and I understand that completely uh so I I mean yeah we're gonna see some guys get hit that's for sure uh I thought we would see more of it last year but we didn't so uh you know Carlos Correa is probably one that uh has probably rubbed some players the wrong way uh, just given because he is, you know, very outspoken uh, at, on the team. So, and uh, he does do a little showboating. And um, so he he might be the target, but, uh, you know, I, I'm sure he'll embrace it. And, you know, it, it's, it's baseball at the end. So we'll see what happens. It, it'll be interesting, especially with fans back in the stands this year.
0: And who knows, maybe the Astros will have the last laugh yet again and make it to, possibly their fifth alcs and maybe another world series who knows but rip thank you so much for joining me on this show of bringing the heat as always it was a blast i'd love to have you on again to talk astros because we know there'll be plenty to talk about with this houston squad this upcoming season with the al west and much much more rip let everybody let all my listeners know where to find you what you've got going on and shout out your podcast because your podcast is killing it my friend
1: Oh, awesome. Well, I appreciate that very much. So you can find me on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Rip Griffin too. You can find my co-host, Brad. He's at BRS Baseball 83. And the show is at Rip Griffin Show on Twitter. So what we do is we got a, uh, a weekly show, live show that we do, that we stream across all major social media platforms. Uh, it's on uh, Twitter, uh, YouTube, Facebook. So you can catch us there. Uh, we definitely love the interaction. So you can send us comments while the show's live. And we will answer your questions on the air and you can, uh, reach out to us even on, on Twitter. If you have a question or something, definitely, uh, we enjoy the, the fan interaction and the listener interaction. So you can catch us on there. The podcast is also, we do uh, release an an audio version that you can catch on Apple, Google, or Spotify, wherever, just search the Rip Griffin show with Brad Chandler. And so you can uh, catch us there. So yeah, we're kind of all, all, all over the board, excuse me on social media. So, um, but yeah, definitely reach out, you know, after you know your listeners, definitely check out your show, but uh, then, you know, you can check out us and kind of uh, uh, interact with us as well.
0: Perfect. And once again, that is the Rip Griffin Show with Brad Chandler. You can find it on Twitter at Rip Griffin Show every Thursday live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central Time. Hey, Rip, thanks a lot. I'll see you back on here again.
1: I appreciate I it and
0: that'll do it for this episode of bringing the heat thank you once again to rip griffin for joining me today for the houston astros I hope he didn't mind the trash can jokes but i'm sure he's going to get used to it i'm sure he already has got used to it but we're going to continue on here tomorrow as we continue our 30 teams in 30 days we're getting closer to opening day until then we'll see you back here tomorrow take care i'm